Hello, and welcome to The Shining Light, where we are shining the light of the gospel and speaking the truth in love, providing strength, and stirring the hearts of our listeners. We are so glad to have you joining us today as you listen to this message from Pastor Tim Cruz. And all of God's people said, Amen. Praise the Lord. I appreciate that. With all of my heart, I want to love the Lord and love Him above all else. That's the first and greatest commandment, is it not? To love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul. And may the Lord help us to love him in such a way today. Let's all stand for the reading of God's word. And I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read a verse here. And then we'll talk about this text here in this chapter, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 12. I want you to read it aloud with me, if you will. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. I want you to underline this and think about this in just a moment. And being warned of God. I want to tell you, there is a God in heaven. A God who cares for us, who takes care of us. And I want us to see this in this passage of scripture here this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. I think of a song that I want you to see here. It's a scripture that a truth that God wants us to be reminded of about the care of us as the people of the Lord. This was written by a Dr. Stillman Martin and his wife Sevilla. They were an evangelistic team in the 1800s. He would preach and she would sing. One day she was sick and couldn't go and dad thought, well, maybe I should stay and care for my wife. And the son said to his father that... Dad, don't you think that if God wants you to preach today, he'll take care of mother while you're away? So he went and he preached and he came back and she said, I'm feeling so much better. Thank you for your prayers. And while you're away, I thought of what our son said. Don't you think God will take care of mother? She wrote these words and then he sat down by the organ and put music to these words, Be not dismayed, whate'er betide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. God's going to look out for you no matter what you face, and he's going to look out for your loved ones. You know, I think about this, and I want you to see a picture of my great-grandmother. I've told you many times about her prayers for me and my brother Terry. This is her with my great-grandfather. They lived in Mooresville, North Carolina, and they're standing there in the barnyard where me and Terry played as little boys, and she looked at my great-uncle Bud and said, I'm praying that God will save both of those little cruise boys and call them to preach. And that's exactly what God did. And that's her picture. What a precious, precious testimony to my own heart. But you know, just... As God took care of that evangelist wife and they learned how God cares for his own, 
and pen the words of that song? Just as God took care of me and my brother Terry through all the different challenges we faced in this life, God will take care of you. I believe that, don't you? I believe that the purposes of God will come to pass in each of our lives. Oh, I think about this passage of Scripture here. And I want you to follow along and look with me here in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born, I want you to underline that. Now when Jesus was born. One writer said, Creation responded to the birth of Christ by putting a miraculous star in the heavens to tell the world a king had been born. The Gentiles responded by worshiping him and bringing him gifts. The wise men were astrologer scientists who studied the heavens. The star led them to the scriptures and the scriptures led them to the Savior. The Magi saw no conflict between science and scripture or between searching for truth and worshiping the Savior. Devout Christians can worship the Lord with the mind as well as the heart. Einstein said, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Herod responded with fear and deception. He wanted no new king to threaten his reign. The chief priests and scribes gave the right information but the wrong response. They were only five miles away from the Messiah, yet they refused to go see him. What good is it to understand Bible prophecy if it doesn't make a difference in your life? A lot of people respond to the birth of the Savior in different ways. And I ask you today, how will you respond? Who is Jesus Christ to you? But who sayest thou that I am? Who do you say that Jesus is? He was not just any baby that was born. He is the Son of God, God the Son, born from above, sent to us, given to us as a sacrifice, a Savior, a substitute. What a wonderful, wonderful truth this morning. I want you to note some things here, and I want you to write this down. Number one, God will take care of you. How does God take care of us? What does God do? How does it work as we see this in the life of Christ? Number one, he preserves us for what he has for us. Write that down. He preserves us for what he has for us. I like verse one here. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem. Now when Jesus was born, the Bible says in Galatians 4, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. God preserves us as he preserved his only begotten son. He sent him at just the right time in the circumstances of all of human history, this was the providential, sovereign plan of God. And I want to remind us today that God has a plan for us. We're born right here, right now in this time to live in this day for the glory of God. Not another time, not another place, not to be someone else, 
raised somewhere else, but right here, right now. We are the people of God. God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for you. Don't lose sight of that. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him. You remember it was Paul who bitterly opposed the gospel. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? Even beyond measure, the scriptures say. And how he persecuted the church and wasted it. Amazing. But then he was converted by faith in Christ and began to preach, quote, the faith which he once destroyed. Isn't that amazing? God changed his life. But yet during all those years of fighting God's truth, he had already been separated unto God and called by his grace even before he was born. His teachers in the synagogue, his studies under Gamaliel, even his anti-Christian crusades were all being orchestrated by God to develop Paul into the unique person he would be the great Christian whom God could use to write much of his own written word. God preserved the Apostle Paul through all that he had faced and all that he had done to reveal his son in him. Has God preserved you? Has God brought you to this place to reveal his son in you? Think about where you've been what you've faced, what you've done, what's been done to you. But here you are today, and here am I. To be a witness for his son, the Lord Jesus, the son of God. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you thankful today that God has brought you to this place for such a time as this, that God is at work in your life and that God has a plan for you no matter where you've been, no matter what you face, no matter what you've done, there's a God in heaven who has preserved you. God has brought you to this place to this day. Now, when Christ was born. Notice this, number two. I want you to write this down. God will take care of you. He protects us for what he has for us. He protects us. I think it's powerful in verse 2 and following. The Bible says, These wise men came, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Now think about it. God protects us. Look at verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Think of this. Look at verse 12 and 13. Now these wise men, they went and they found the Christ child. They fell down and worshipped him in verse 11, presented unto him gifts, gold, representing his uh, kingly lineage, then frankincense, testifying that he was 
a, of priestly rule, the Son of God, and myrrh, the suffering Savior that he would be. But notice verse 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Do you see that? To destroy him. It's an amazing thought here in verse number 16. You remember this account? Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Think of all these children, all these baby boys that were slain because of the fear of Herod the pride, the intimidation of Herod. One writer said, Herod killed all the male children, not only in Bethlehem, but in all the villages of that city. Unbridled wrath, armed with unlawful power, often carries men to absurd cruelties. It is no unrighteous thing with God to permit this. Every life is forfeited to his justice as soon as it begins. The diseases and deaths of little children are proofs of original sin. But the murder of these infants was their martyrdom. How early did persecution against Christ and his kingdom begin? Herod now thought that he had baffled the Old Testament prophecies and the efforts of the wise men in finding Christ. But whatever crafty, cruel devices are in men's hearts, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. God protected this Christ child. God's going to protect you. How many of you can look back and see when God protected you? So many of us. You need to teach this to your children and your grandchildren. I remember an evangelist said as he was backing out of the driveway one day, he prayed, Lord, would you protect my family while I'm away? He said, it's like the Holy Spirit witnessed to his heart. Who do you think protects them when you're at home? God protects his own. Do you believe that? You say, I don't know what we're facing in this world. I don't either. But I know this. God has preserved me to this moment. And God's going to protect me and my family and this church. Do you believe that? God will take care of you. God's going to look out for you. He's going to look out for your family. He's going to preserve you for what he has for you yet. Matthew Henry wrote, Though Herod was very old, and never had shown affection for his family and was not himself likely to live till a newborn infant had grown up to manhood, he began to be troubled with a dread of a rival. He understood not the spiritual nature of the Messiah's kingdom. Let us beware of a dead faith. A man may be persuaded by many truths and yet may hate them because they interfere with his ambition or sinful indulgences. 
Such a belief will make him uneasy. And the more resolved to oppose the truth and the cause of God, and he may be foolish enough to hope for success therein. I'll tell you, God will frustrate even the most powerful people's plans and schemes against his children. Why would we fear man who can only kill the body when there is a greater power who can destroy both the body and the soul in hell? If we fear God, then we won't fear all lesser fears. All other fears of man, the Bible says they are a snare. Why fear man when we can spend time in the presence of God? It will give us a holy boldness, a confidence, and a courage to stand fast and to speak forth the truth of God. God wants us to trust in him and rest in him. He protects us no matter what we face. I like number three here, and I want you to write this down because it's really tender to my heart as we think about preserve, God preserving us, God protecting us. But number three, God providentially directs us. God keeps us and guides us along life's journey. Look at it here in the scriptures. God providentially guides us. Verse one, remember they were in Bethlehem. And then you get to verse 13. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord told Joseph to flee into Egypt. And then verse 15, he said, stay there until the death of Herod. And then I'm going to call you out of Egypt. Now look at the providential leading of God. God was directing. Some of us wondered how we ended up where we are today. How many of you never in your wildest imaginations would have thought at any point of your life, much less at this day, at this stage, you would be living in Monroe, North Carolina. <laughs> Look at that. Especially those of you from around the world, some of you from across the country. Amazing, isn't it? And yet here we are. Can we not say that God is not only kept us and protected us, but God has providentially directed our steps. God has been with us every step of the way. But look at verse 19. I want you to see this as a powerful truth here. But when Herod was dead, underline that. I'm telling you, kingdoms will rise and fall. There will be people who threaten to intimidate us. Why would you quit? Why would you hesitate for fear of what someone else says or thinks or might do when that person is mortal just like you and will die one day? One day you will hear their demise. They'll say, oh, they're dead. Dead? Gone? Yeah, like gone. They're not going to threaten you anymore. They're, they're not going to oppose you anymore. Why would you cower to that? Why would you give in to that and basically hold back? Well, I, I don't want people to say this. I don't want, hey, listen, we better get this settled today. There's a God in heaven, and I'm going to live my life ultimately for the audience of one. And if I please the Lord, if I honor the Lord with my life, God's going to honor me. He's going to take care of me. He's going to look out for me. 
He's going to direct my steps. And some of us, we can look around and say, I don't know how in the world I ended up right here in Monroe. When I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere. Why Monroe? Not that I didn't want to come, but I thought, who pastors across town from their father-in-law? Just who does that? I really grappled with that in prayer. It's like, who does that? I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere. I'll go to the mission field. And I was as serious as I could be. But I want to tell you, God spoke to my heart. I have need of you in Monroe. When you see the cult tied and they ask, why do you loose him? Tell him the Lord hath need of him. I have need of you in Monroe. God has need of us here because look how God directed. I thought it was interesting to read about Herod and how uh, he was appointed, his father was, by Julius Caesar. And then at the age of 15, Herod was appointed by or to the government of Galilee. In B.C. 40, the Roman Senate made him king of Judea. He was able and strong, but yet a cruel man. He increased greatly the splendor of Jerusalem, erecting the temple which was the center of Jewish worship in the time of our Lord. God had already placed him there. Think about that. Someone said it this way. Even the devil is God's devil. The devil can't do anything without God's permission. Do you believe that? Look how God guided in the life of Joseph and Mary in this cross child. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a, a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding, being warned of God. There it is again, underline that. Being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. God had already foretold that this is where he would come forth from would be Nazareth. And so here we find that he's going into this city, He's going into this place, into this area, and he was hearing about the reign of Herod's son, and he thought, wow, what am I going to do? And the Lord warns him. He says, no, don't go here or there, but go here specifically over to Nazareth. And that's where God providentially protected him. Now, you see it here in the Scriptures. God guided them every step of the way. I look back in our family and how we moved from one place to another, to another, to another, to another. Between my fourth and fifth grade years, and finally settled in a little community called Yadkin, North Carolina. Just north of Spencer, north of Salisbury, north of Concord, north of Charlotte. Right at the Yadkin River. But it was there that I would go to North Royan Middle School. And then the high school. It was there that I would meet someone who would actually invite me my senior year to church. And in that service that morning when I heard the gospel, I thought, this is what I need. I need to be saved. 
I need to settle this in my heart. And settle it I did by God's grace. Shortly thereafter, God called me to preach. By that fall, I was off in Bible college. Never even knew Bible colleges existed. But God had a plan. God had preserved me through so many things. And then I would see God's hand of protection upon my life more and more in so many different ways. And then I can also testify and say, hey, you know what? God has providentially directed my steps, each step along this journey. Now, if he's done that for me, hitherto hath the Lord helped us, right? Here I raise my Ebenezer. If God has helped us, if God has kept us, if God has directed our steps, so shall he. He will do that yet. All we've got to do is just simply believe God to take God's word to our heart and say, by God's grace, I'm going to press forward. Hey, we'll be entering the new year before long. Just a few weeks. Are we going to cower? Let me ask you, are you going to look at the world scene? Are you going to look at what's going on here? Or there? And I want to tell you, it's always been bad. <laughs> the forecast of the future for this world. The world is on a collision course with God and His judgment. We don't know when that's coming, but we know it's coming. Every day, every year, we get closer to an appointment with God. But I ask you this morning, can you not trust God with all of that, even what was going on in this day? Politically, socially, morally, religiously, in the perfect time of God, He sent forth His Son. In God's perfect time, He allowed you to be born who you are, where you are, and he placed you right here for such a time as this. Will you not see the sovereign hand of God at work in your life and say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? I believe that we have a church family here who wants to do something for God. I want to be used of God. We face many challenges. Some of us have carried deep, deep Burdens, hurts, wounds, sorrows. Times when we've been so disappointed that we became disillusioned and thought, wow, what is all this? Dismayed even to where it's like, I just can't make any sense of this, Lord. And yet somehow deep in our hearts we know that Christ is our Savior. And there's a God in heaven. And the Bible is the word of God. And so somehow we just come back full circle. And it's like, well, Lord, I do believe you. And I do know that you're real and you're true. And I just ask that you help me. Take me where I am, Lord, and help me. That's what I'm talking about this morning, resting in the love of God. Aren't you thankful you can rest in such love? That you can look to the Lord and you can know that he takes, if he loved you when you were alienated from him, <laughs> see, nothing has changed his love for you. You say, well, I've wavered. I, I, I've just stumbled. I've erred. 
Who among us hasn't? But I'm glad, though my sin at times seems so great, and it is, His grace is greater still. And He invites me back to Himself. Just come, come back, come home. Just come back. Where you've been, where you know your love, where you know you're welcome, where you know there's a reason behind so much of this that you face in life. You're not living aimlessly in a world as an animal that lives and dies with no soul, with no reason, no purpose to it all. And when you can't make sense of it, and when it doesn't make sense, and when you say, but what is this, and why is this, and I would have never chosen this for myself, Lord, Spurgeon said, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. He's still God. And I will tell you, he will preserve you for what he has for you. He will protect you for what he has for you. He will providentially direct you for what he has for you. You say, what do you mean what he has for me? Because you're still here. And so am I. And that means he's not finished with us. He's got something he wants us to do yet. Don't you want to do that? Don't you want to lay hold of that? Don't you want your life to count for God? You say, but I've faced so much. I've done so much. I've taken on so much water. It's okay. It's okay. He's still the master of the sea. And he can speak peace to your troubled heart. You can see this in the life of his son, how he providentially directed, protected, and preserved him. He's done that for you, and he'll do that yet if you'll but simply trust. Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Show me your will, Lord. Show me your way, and by your grace, I'll do it. Sometimes when we pray that prayer, God will allow some unusual circumstances in our lives to show us what he wants us to do. And we may wonder and say, wow, this is exactly opposite of what I was thinking. It is the season for Christmas movies. Any of you already in that mode? It's a Wonderful Life. I'll watch it again and again. My favorite. We had never seen until recently. Hope said, have you all ever seen The Bishop's Wife? How many of you have seen that Christmas movie? We had never seen it. And it's like, okay, it's a Christmas. Let's see what this is all about. And I was amazed to see some of the same actors, especially the child actors that was on it's a Wonderful Life on that film. How many of you recognize that? You remember that? I said, wow, look, at there's that kid. He was the young George Bailey on It's a Wonderful Life. Now he's playing on this. But from what I understand, from what I can perceive, you know, here's a bishop wanting to build this great cathedral. It's like, show me, give me guidance, Lord. And really the guidance came. It's like, of all the things that you might want to do, in that regard, really one thing you've got to be reminded of is what you already have. And that life is more about people 
it's about relationships. It's about who God is putting in your life than all the things you might want to do that are temporal, that really don't last, that really in the end don't matter. Am I close to it? Does anybody remember? Am I close to it? All right? Because I just saw it the first time, and you know how that is. I'm kind of in and out a little bit trying to process it all. But I think I'm pretty close there. That's what I gathered from it. And I thought, Lord, speak to me. Because I want to tell you, look at the person next to you. Some of you dreaming of big things, bigger things, in your mind, better things for the new year. And those things have their place. But I'll tell you what, did you do that right now? I didn't see many of you. Look, look, look this way, look that way. I want to tell you, that right there is your treasure in this life. Your loved ones. Who God has given you. Not just what he's given you, but who he's given you. And look at all the things that God has done to preserve us to this day. Won't we leave today with a greater love for God and a greater love for each other? I have the Lord and I have my loved ones. I am so grateful to God for that. I'm going to have the happiest Christmas season that I've had in a long time. And if my loved ones are with the Lord, I'm going to rejoice in the fact that I'm going to see them one day too. There's going to be a great regathering on the other side. But I'll tell you, I not only have my loved ones in my physical family, but in my church family. I've got brothers and sisters in Christ right here. And I've been praying this week, and I want to tell you how God has touched my heart as I would pray for you and pray for your family. And and God was reminding me that I put these people here. I put you all together here at Shining Light. This is my providential directing. Love one another. Value one another. Encourage one another. Don't take each other for granted. Because this is my providential guidance and plan for you and your family and them and their families. For such a time as this, in God's time, in God's plan, here we are serving the Lord together for his glory. May it be so in and throughout this Christmas season and into the new year. That hey, we're family here. That's the way we started this year, right? We're family. Everyone needs three homes. A heavenly home, a Christian home, and a church home. Oh, may the Lord help us to rejoice in him. He will guide and direct us, preserve, protect, and providentially work on our behalf. And all of God's people said, Thank you for listening to The Shining Light. We pray that this time has been a time of encouragement and blessing to you. The Shining Light is a production of Shining Light Baptist Church, located at 2541 Old Charlotte Highway in Monroe, North Carolina. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to join us. Service times and more information can be found at our website, www.shininglightmonroe.com. You can also watch our services on Facebook and YouTube and connect with us on social media. Thank you for joining us, and God bless.